0: If you take your Bibles now and turn to the book of Hosea, chapter 7. Hosea, chapter 7. Kind of a big morning this morning, isn't it? Hosea, chapter 7. How's Brother Mike? Is he healing up well? Good. Tell him we asked about him, please. Thank you. God willing we'll be expounding verse 13 this morning and the title of the message is three things you'll never find in God's presence three things you'll never find in God's presence in the previous verses last week God described Israel as a silly dove that flew away from him that cooed instead of cooing for her mate cooed for the the affection and the help and the Presence of the ungodly nations around her. Now enlarging upon his response to their departure from him, God said in verse uh, 13 of Hosea 7, Woe unto them, for they have fled from me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your precious word. And I pray, dear Lord God, that you will uh, speak your words through me this morning and glorify your great name. May all eyes be on Jesus. And I pray you'll give them the understanding of your word. I pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Woe unto them, for they have fled from me. If you would, take your pen and underscore the word woe. Woe. The word woe basically means to cry in Hebrew. To weep. Woe unto them. Weeping unto them. So instead of laughter, instead of happiness and joy, Israel would have tears of sorrow. Why would they have tears instead of laughter? God said, for they have fled from me. They left God because they wanted to serve other gods. And herein lies a fundamental truth, namely, God is the source of all true happiness and joy. God is the source of all true happiness and joy. People are always chasing happiness and joy. There was a country and western song looking for love in all the wrong places. Well, you can look for happiness and joy in all the wrong places too. But love, happiness, and joy, if you'll look for it in the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll find what you're looking for. God alone created man. God graciously designed our bodies, our spirits, and our minds to be able to know and experience the fullness of joy. Purpose and satisfaction in life. That's only found in Him. Understand then. That to flee from God. Is to flee from human joy. Purpose and satisfaction. Now someone may say. "Oh, I don't, I don't believe in God. And I'm having a pretty good time right now. I'm living it up right now. This weekend, I was blowing some grass off my driveway. Very brittle dry grass, by the way. And I was blowing off my driveway with a battery-powered blower. That's a great blower. It's a nice little blower. It's super lightweight, and it's very powerful. But I knew when I pulled that blower out, I purposefully did, had not put it on the charger since the last time I used it because I didn't use all the charge up. So I just kept the battery out so I knew I only had a partial charge but I thought I'd have enough to finish the job but while I was blowing you know what happened I'm out there blowing I'm moving some big piles of grass it's powerful I even had a little fun had a wasp come after me and I I blew him away I did that was a great time I was blowing and going out there and right when I gathered up the last bit of my grass With hardly any warning at all, it's done. It died before it finished its task. Now, you may think life is fun now. You may be blowing and going now. But a man spending his life apart from God, his creator, is like a battery spending its life. Separated from its charger. It's just like that. You may be blowing and going now, but it's only a matter of time before reality catches up with you and reminds you that your life is winding down like a vapor in the wind. And you will surely die with your divine task unfinished without God, your purpose unfulfilled. And your happiness, health, and life will be cut off forever without God. Psalm chapter 16, verse 11. Psalm chapter 16, verse 11 says, Thou wilt show me the path of life, listen closely now, in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. So in the presence of God, there's the fullness of joy and there is pleasure at His right hand, at His presence. Now Christian, I don't care what you're going through right now. And we've had some believers that are close to us who've gone through some terrible things and some of them very recently. You may have lost a child like Brother Chad did. You may be suffering from health trouble like Brother Eddie's mama is and other of our church members are and Brother Neil who I hope is watching this morning who can't be here because he's he's dizzy because of his medicine. You may be suffering from problems like that. You may be dealing with conflict and depression in your life. But those sorrows are in the world. Jesus says, in the world you'll have tribulation, right? Be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Those are sorrows that are in the world, but joy is in the presence of God. Last weekend, I was deeply troubled by a couple of things I was dealing with. One concerned work, the other concerned ministry. And as I was pondering on them in my study... The Holy Spirit brought a scripture to my mind. You know what the Holy Spirit said? Wart thou cast down, O my soul? <laughs> it was beautiful. I thought, of, I thought of that in the book of Psalms. "Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise Him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Christian, nothing you can experience in this world has any effect on God, your source of joy. Nothing you experience in this world has any effect on who you are in Jesus Christ. We are cast down in this world, but in His presence there is fullness of joy, and that is where our hearts and our minds must dwell. If you dwell on the fact that you lost a loved one. If you dwell on the fact that your health is going down. You need to start dwelling on the fact that in Jesus Christ your loved one will be raised up. And one day you'll be going up and your body will be completely restored. In God's presence there is fullness of joy. Israel had left the presence of God. God said woe is now coming to them. And God's presence is fullness of joy and pleasure forevermore. Why then would anyone want to flee from Him? Here's the kingdom truth. Any bodily feeling you have. Let me repeat that again. So you, I said it just like that. Any bodily feeling that you have. Any friendly advice that you receive. Or any spiritual teaching that suggests you can be happier if you divorce yourself from the restraints of religion, of the Bible, of belief in God, is a lie that will surely bring you woe. Years ago, back during Nelda's time, John Lennon of the Beatles wrote a song that became very popular back in that day and was still popular when I grew up as a young man. And it was titled, Imagine. Imagine. I want you to listen as I read some of the lyrics from that song to you. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us. Above us only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for. And no religion too. Imagine all the people living life in peace. You may say I'm a dreamer. But I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one. When I read that, Brother Shepherd, it sounds almost like the national anthem for the Tower of Babel really does. Let's free ourselves from God and and unite ourselves to one another as if God and religion and the thought of heaven and hell and real purpose in life is the only thing standing in the way of world peace. When the truth is God is the only thing that can bring world peace. Here's a kingdom truth. Peace and safety does not come by uniting men to one another. It comes by uniting men to God. And this is the reason the world tells them to flee from God. Had Israel abided in God's word, they would have abided in God's blessing. But instead they fled and now there's woe. God said, look back in your text, destruction unto them... If you've underscored the word woe, now underscore the word destruction. Destruction unto them because they have transgressed against me. So woe because they've departed, destruction because they've transgressed. Now, the first part of this verse uh, spoke of the sorrow that comes from fleeing God's presence. Now, the second part of this verse speaks of the destruction that comes from transgressing God's law. Now the Hebrew word that's translated transgressed is is pretty neat. It has the idea of expansion. Expansion. Now the Bible says the life of all flesh is in the what? It's in the blood. And that blood, in order for that blood to be any good to us, it has to be contained within certain parameters within our body. That blood is carried throughout our body through Vessels. Vessels that God designed specifically to carry that blood to give that life to our bodies. And occasionally a person's blood pressure will build so high that it causes the blood to expand beyond the circumference of those vessels. Anyone ever had that happen to them? Or had known someone it's happened to? Have an aneurysm or something? Sometimes those vessels are ruptured through physical trauma. Whether through a stabbing or through a car accident. Which again causes the blood to expand beyond the boundaries. To expand outside the boundaries of the vessels that was designed to contain it. And when that blood expands beyond their God-ordained limits. The human body is going to suffer damage. Ultimately, if this not contained, it will suffer death. Blood in the body is a great thing. Blood on the floor is not. That's the idea with the word transgressed. It is speaking about our expansion beyond the boundaries of God's law that contains us for our purpose and the life God has us to live, which is God's Word. Any time we expand beyond the boundaries of God's word that we were created to live by, we are going to suffer damage. We must remember that all things were created by the Word of God. God's word is the subsistence of God's creation. Does that makes sense? Humanity is the product of the Word of God. And we'll say it again. God's word is the subsistence. Of God's creation. That means that is what we're made of. We're made of the Word of God. God spoke in every instance of creation. Let there be light. Let the the waters uh, draw back and let the dry land appear. Uh, Let us make man in our own image. In every instance God created, we are a product of the Word of God. Now, when I was in college, I had to take an elective to make sure I had all of my hours. And pottery was the only thing at this particular semester that would fit into my very rigorous work schedule that my father had me on at work, at his business. Very rigorous. And so I I, uh, signed up for pottery. And Brother Shepard, I want to tell you, I made some priceless works of art. Yes, priceless works of art. And, and I made one particular item in that class, so far as I know, that's still in my parents' house today. Y'all still have that? Okay, good. <laughs> as we were made from God's Word, so pottery is made from clay. Right? You see, it is impossible to break the clay... Without damaging the pottery. You see how that works? In the same way, because we're products of God's Word, it is impossible to break the Word without damaging the person that's made from it. It's not possible. When you break God's Word, you damage the product that's made from the Word of God. That's why when Adam broke God's Word, what was Adam made from? He's made from dirt. When Adam broke God's Word, he damaged the entire creation that was made from it. When Adam fell, the whole creation fell with him. When you think of the woe that comes from fleeing God, I want you to think of God as being joy. As the people were fleeing God, they were fleeing joy. You see? They leave joy... They flee unto woe. In the same way, when you think of of the destruction that comes from transgressing or expanding beyond the boundaries of God's Word, I want you to think of God's Word as being our existence. As the people broke God's Word, they damaged their own existence, their own subsistence. There's a psychologist in my building... I was speaking with him the other day on the elevator. On the elevator. I was not a client. And I see people all the time going into his office. All the time. He told me, I've been doing this for years. He's an older man. And I feel sorry for those people. Because they're broken. They're broken in the most delicate part of the human body. And that's the mind. They're They're damaged vessels. And I I think to myself, I was thinking this last week as I walked past his office, that most if not all of those people could be fixed if only they would hear and follow God's Word. If they'd only know God's Word and apply their lives to the truth of it, so many things for them would fall into place. I don't know what advice the man tells them But I do know this. The only thing that can hold the human heart together, the only thing that can hold the world together is the Word of God. Satan knows this. And that is why he advertises sin as something that brings liberation and joy. When it actually, when you when you leave God's word, when you leave God's presence, you'll be liberated and you'll have joy when it actually brings destruction and sorrow. Woe, they fled. Destruction, they transgressed. God said, look back in your text. Though I have redeemed them, underscore the word redeemed. Though I have redeemed them, yet they have spoken lies against me. Woe speaks of the joy people lose when they leave God. Destruction speaks of the well being people lose when they transgress His Word. Redemption speaks of the freedom people lose when they lie against Him. At one time, those are the three things, by the way, you'll never find in God's presence. You'll never find bondage in the presence of God, you'll never find destruction in the presence of God. You'll never find woe in the presence of God. Because God through Jesus Christ delivers us from all of it. At one time the nation of Israel was in bondage to the land of Egypt. But what did God do? He redeemed them out of it. Though I have redeemed them. God redeemed them from the bondage they were in. And brought them into the freedom of His kingdom and the promised land. How did they get redeemed that night on Passover? They believed the good news that God was going to deliver them from their bondage in Egypt. That's how. By believing the good news of God's redemption, Israel placed the Passover blood upon their doorpost, and they were redeemed from Egypt. Jesus told His disciples that the truth would make them free. But Israel was speaking lies against God. That means they were erasing the truth of God from society. They were distorting the pure doctrine of God's word. And they were denying the very truth that had set them free. Thinking this new doctrine would drive their nation forward. They wound up driving themselves backward to the bondage they were once in. How sad. There's never been a time in Israel's history when they served God and were in bondage to another nation at the same time. Did you get that? Never a time in Israel's history when they were serving their God and were having to serve another nation in bondage at the same time. Why? No man can serve two masters. Not only does it mean you can't serve two masters in the sense that I'll serve God over here and then I'll part-time serve the devil over here. Now that's true. But it's true all the way what Jesus said. If I am in service to my God, I won't be in service to any other false gods. If I serve God in freedom... But whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You see? And because they fled from God, they expanded beyond His Word, and they begin to start lying, pushing lies about God in the community by erasing the truth, erasing their history of where they came from and how they got to where they are, and, and distorting the truth of God and bringing idols into the temple of God, creating lies. Now those lies have erased and eroded the freedom that truth had given them. Their adherence to God's Word always brought them out of bondage historically. And their transgression of it always led them back into bondage. Truth brings freedom. Lies bring bondage. When a a backsliding nation buys a lie... They are purchasing bondage at the expense of the truth they once believed. We'll say that again. When a backsliding nation buys a lie, they are purchasing bondage at the expense of the truth they once believed. Here's a kingdom truth Woe, destruction, and bondage are three things you will never find in the presence of God. And this should make every child of God, this should make every person want to draw closer and closer to Him every day. With that, we'll go ahead and conclude our message, our exposition this morning. And God willing, we'll take back up in verse 14 next Lord's Day. Aren't you glad you have a Bible? The liberating, edifying truth of God's word chewed digested into the believer's heart builds up the body of Jesus Christ we'll close with a word of prayer and as we close I'd like after we close I'd like brother Doug to come up here and uh I'd like for uh y'all to come around and and uh uh Shake him and uh, shake Not shake him. Never shake a baby. Never shake a baby. <laughs> Never shake a preacher. Come and shake his hand and 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 uh, give him a warm uh, congratulations. Father, thank you so much for your precious word. Thank you for the wonderful truth inside. God, it's so pure. It's so life giving. It 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 sets our minds into into a frame of framework of truth. We can live and. And abound in it. And Lord I pray you'll continue to give us understanding of the book of Hosea. As we continue to dive into your scriptures Lord. And we pray that we will abide in the presence of God. Where bondage, sorrow and destruction never dwell. In Jesus precious name we pray. Amen.